Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Well, 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 welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. Man, we are getting into the thick of things right now. I hope you guys are doing well in your leagues. If you're anything like me and you have anywhere near the amount of leagues that I'm in, it's kind of impossible to do well in all of them, but I hope you're doing well in the majority of them. It's me, your fantasy football fan himself, Zay. Got my main man, Bro Joe. Bro Joe, holla at the people. It's been a minute. Holla at them. I'm back. <laughs> What's going on, fantasy fan? <laughs> okay, Cam. <So>. Okay, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my boy, young Vander. Holla at the people. Fantasy fiends. What's going on out there? Yo, so we got a lot to go over. Uh, your news coming up. We have your player review, your week review, just some good old fantasy conversation amongst uh, fantasy experts, if you will. Uh, but let's go ahead and hop into it. Uh, we have some players that are, are popping off now that uh, we saw the potential to do so early on and uh, then you get to the part of the season where it's like okay is it actually going to happen and and we see it coming to fruition so uh, me and vander were having a conversation about how the fact that you know right around this time of the year is when you know the rubber truly meets the road this is where it's the, the witching hour if you will this is it's when seasons are made or seasons are destroyed we got quite a bit of information to get out there opinions facts figures all that kind of good stuff. Man, this is the time of the year that we absolutely love as fantasy players. It's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. Yo, this this is this is why I'm so great. And I ain't, I ain't I'm I'm gonna toot my own horn. I'm gonna pat myself on the back. But this is the part of the year what separates me from the normal fantasy player. Like you said before, you got the guys that start off hot, they're four and oh, they're three and one, they're five and oh, they're six and oh. And they're feeling all strong, beating their chest about this season. But I'm usually the guy that start off 0-4. I'm usually the guy that start off 1-3. And, and then I went like 9 straight. Because this is the, you know, at this part of the season, you, you get an idea on how everyone is playing, how the season is going. Injuries have set in. This is the time I usually get a real fine read on how the league is going. Because it changes every year. It's a beautiful thing. I love this part <laughs> of the season because it's really separating the good player from the great player. I agree. The guy that had the good draft, he thought he at the beginning of the season he was beating his chest. He's not beating it no more. The trade deadline is now amongst us. So what you have yeah. is what you have to play with. This is where you separate the men from the boys in the fantasy league. You know, I, I trade stock. You know, I'm a day trader. But the abbreviation ROI, one of my favorites, is return on investment. <laughs> I had A.J. Dillon all year long. Now it's time for me to get my return on my investment. Yeah, absolutely. So when I seen the injury, I don't, you know, by all means, I don't wish – any player goes down. But I had that Grinch smile yesterday. <laughs> and as I was typing in the group chat and I was letting you know, hey, <laughs> buddy hobbled off. And I know you was like, damn. 
I, I already knew before you texted it. So, and I knew you was going to text it. So you got the thrill of like. Vic, thrill of victory, vi- agony of right. defeat. Yeah. And I had that thrill of victory yesterday. I was like, this is why I am who I am. Now it's time. I already got uh, Jonathan Taylor, by the way, who's already on a on a tear. And yeah. I'm going to add this another RB1 to the collection. And it's about to get dark. You know what I mean? So, man, this well, is my for favorite my part sake, of the year. I hope Aaron Jones is back in a week. Um, well, it, yeah, it's looking like an MCL sprain, which is usually like a two to four week injury. Yeah, um, just, just depending on the grade of the strain. I know if, right. normally if it's a grade two or higher, you you may you may actually be looking at a, a month or more. I yeah, maybe the rest of the fantasy get, season. Can, honestly, trust me, it can get deep as eight weeks. You yeah, know what I mean, mean, but usually it's two to four. I'm hoping. And hasn't he had previous knee injury? Is, isn't that normally what plagues him? Like, hasn't or was it? I think it may have been an ankle injury that kept him out a little bit last year. I but, can't remember which one it is. I know. It's a lower extremity yeah and, um, but this, and hey, he normally takes a little bit to come back to he, he's not no, normally one of those running backs that you know well the week that i come back i'm gonna be right back at it he, he normally takes a little bit of time to get back into it after he's injured is what his past has shown too so and we um, also got a little glimpse of what aj Dillon can be and let's just keep it 100. Like, I don't think Aaron Jones is ever going to go back to what he was. Just because, not his talent, but once A.J. Dillon gets an opportunity to beat him, if you actually watched football on yesterday and you saw how they had absolutely no issue with third and short, second and short, this right. guy, he can get hit behind the line and he's going to back his way. Unlike unlike Aaron Jones, that, that you know, once he gets hit, he kind of goes down. If he can't shake you, this mm-hmm. guy is going to go through you or he can go around you. Or he can catch the ball as well. I mean, like, from what I can see, I think you can do a little bit more with this guy than you can with Aaron Jones. Although Aaron Jones, is he's a superior pass catcher. He, you can almost line him up as a wide receiver. Uh, but Dylan ain't bad in that aspect either. So, I mean, I honestly think that Green Bay is going to have themselves a, a good problem. And um, when you get into, you know, the playoffs, which the other thing that the team has to think about is right now, they're in a position that they don't have to rush Jones back. They're, they're kind of in the same position that, Arizona was with D-Hop. So they don't have to rush him back. And to have two running backs of that caliber and to have the quarterback that you have, and then their defense is finally coming on. I mean, Green Bay might be that squad that nobody really wants to play because of their plethora of talent, targets, and now their defense is starting to uh, come back to what they were. And I don't even believe Jair Alexander is back yet. He's trying to avoid surgery, so it doesn't end up being a, a season ender for him. But, I mean, this is without their best cornerback as well. So, yeah, I completely agree. This team is heading in the right direction amongst all the turmoil. And I, and I honestly believe that several of them are kind of giving the Green Bay organization the middle finger with playing well and, and just trying to show them, hey, you're going to miss this next year. The free agent signing of Whitney Merciless is big time for this team, in my opinion. I like Whitney Merciless. He's kind of like, a, you know what you're going to get. He's not like T.J. Watt, but right. he's not the bottom of the barrel. You're better barrier. than what they had. He's, he's consistent. <laughs> he's solid. He played well yesterday also. Uh, but real quick, this is an opportunity for A.J. Dillon to maybe take the, This is the time for him to say, hey, man, this is my role. Because if he goes in this couple weeks and he plays extremely well, and he already the guy with a lower contract, it's going to be a lot of moving and shaking in, in Green Bay. We already know next year anyway. You got Devontae coming up. Ah. Aaron Rodgers definitely going to be out of there now. Absolutely. And – and that Aaron I think Devontae's out of there too, to be honest with you. Right. And now you have the Aaron Jones, you have the Aaron Jones money, which hey, you can move this around too. So it's gonna probably be a, a garage sale over there. I, and so, I don't see Aaron Jones going anywhere just because they won't have anybody else to pay. 
money won't be their issue. Trying no, to find somebody that, that's willing to take their money is going to be their but issue. But if you if you have a guy that's making less playing just as well, I'll free up more money to bring in the other guys that I need because you're about to you're gonna need some talent. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Money ain't gonna be their issue. They're gonna have plenty of money to spend because everybody's gonna be telling them no. The thing with Green Bay is you've never seen Green Bay without a Hall of Fame QB. Now that you have Jordan Love as your QB instead of Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, good luck. You could barely you couldn't get any wide receivers to come play for you with having those guys. Green Bay is not the franchise that usually take advantage of free agency they don't spend a lot of money when it comes to you know in comparison to other teams they mm-hmm. usually have homegrown type guys them and dallas are good uh, no that well dallas will sign a free agent but, they will but it's few and far between but green bay hardly, hardly ever. ever they yeah. don't spend money <laughs> but this is going to be the time where it's time they're going to have a choice to, yeah they're going to because jordan love is not the answer we already seen a little bit of a little bit of that on display and uh, it's going to be time for them to spend some money. But me personally, they are going to have money. But I will get rid of Aaron Jones as well so I can bring in another position. Is what You see what I'm saying? Like, no need to keep him a high-paying running back when I already have one that can probably give me the same results if this guy goes in there and plays very well. The biggest difference, though, is the fact that now we have a 17-game season and you don't have a quarterback. Draft one. You need to start in running back. Draft one. But don't don't pay this guy money. Draft one. Sometimes can be easier said than done. I mean that GM. No, a running back comes a dime a dozen. Quarterbacks well, I mean, don't grow on trees, but running backs. Let me let me let me break it down. I'm gonna take it back to high school football, pot one or whatever you want to call it. Right, the first day of practice, and you say, and the, and the guys come out, the coaches come out, and they say, okay. At this point, they don't know who's probably playing what position, and you say, hey, okay, if you're a quarterback, go over there. You may see two or three guys trot in that area. Uh, let me get my wide receivers over here. You're going to see about six or seven guys. It's going to be a little bit more taller, skinnier guys, maybe short, fat. They're going to trot over there. If you're a running back, come over here. It's 20 It's twenty guys going over there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's 20 guys trotting over there because everybody want to run the ball. And finding a running back is a dime a dozen. We have seen so many times in this league where a rookie has legged the league in rushing. We've seen with Kareem Hunt. You see how good Jordan Howard did when he was in Chicago. You can find a running back out here in this world. So True. as far but as Aaron Jones. They, they knew that last year when they paid him. So, I mean. But. Now injuries are setting in, they, and they also, as you see, they knew that right, but they also got an Aaron Dill, uh, AJ Dillon in there. Yeah. So if this guy can because be because they the, didn't want to pay Williams, and that that was interesting. Right. They, they, right. they actually probably would been now, off of now, Williams and Dillon. Now it making sense. So now if AJ Dillon could take the role over, we will replace this guy with a younger guy and let AJ be the new Aaron Jones, and then this younger guy be the new AJ Dillon. We have to see what the the contract looks like as far as dead money is concerned, but because I think he's only one year in, if I'm not mistaken, to his new contract. Yep. But the good thing is, uh, to Vander's point, by 2023 they do have an option to move on from um, three days into the league once it opens. I, I agree with Van where I think going into next year because Aaron Jones Dill, believe it or not, isn't like the crazy amount of money. They could be a, a one-two punch and Dylan might be the, the better back depending on the rest of the season. And, you know, like you said, Aaron Rodgers leaving and also Devontae, I think they're both out, like you said. Yeah, I do too. Um, it's like you're a little too late with wide receiver. You should have drafted one this year because the free agents coming up is not looking too good unless people want to take a, a flyer on Gallup. I agree. I think this is the time for AJ Dillon. And also, too, my last point, LaFleur loved this kid coming out. And he also dealt with Derrick Henry, somebody who's similar mm, in size okay. and stature to uh, AJ Dillon. And they both had the, the quad debate, you know, who had the largest quad. <laughs> right. Yeah, this, dude is, this dude is an animal. 
Legatron. We just man. seen him getting. We just seen him get started. I, I want to see a, a competition. I need. I need Saquon. I need AJ. Come on, man. Put the little boy shorts <laughs> on, man. Let's see what's going on out here, man. Cause these dude legs are just like how a human can have legs like that and that lower um, center gravity, like you were saying. This guy, he's falling for it after that first hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he has that old school feel to him. What is there is what he's going to get. And he's going to get maybe a yard or two more right. versus trying to, you know, him and high and go around. No, he's going to try to go. A great comp is not so far in talent just yet, but in the running style is Derrick Henry. I, I, the, the way he runs, it's I, I'm going to minimally get you two yards and a cloud of dust if there's nothing there to get it all. But if I get ahead of steam going, man, you don't want to you don't want to try to stop. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. D Dylan is uh, showing and proving right now. I can see Aaron Jones being relegated to messing around and being just a third down back or the pass catching back just because of who else is in the backfield, not because he can't handle a, a workload of his own. But And don't get me wrong, Aaron Jones is a phenomenal talent. He's a stud. Um, so but, I mean, don't get me wrong, guys, backs. but we've seen in the NFL things have changed where – these teams are not paying running backs for, True. especially the remainder of the contract. Once they sign that contract, it looks good on paper, but they never complete the contract. That's true. So that's the reason why I say, hey, A.J. Dillon, this is his opportunity. Because this guy goes out there and he knocks out the park. They're not going to just throw him back at number two. You know what I mean? I, th I think it'll be a 60-40 his way going forward. And, and maybe that also would give Green Bay enough time to say, hey, well, let's sit uh, Aaron just a little longer and let him yep. heal, you know, completely not rushing back out there type of thing. But so, Joe, I got a question for you. What do you suggest for the view, for the listeners? At this point, you may be five and four or, you know, you sit in the middle. You don't you wasn't an Aaron Jones owner, but you are a A.J. Dillon owner. You are a. Cuba Hubbard owner. You are a the Ernest Johnson owner. Like, are there any things owners can do? Maybe make a move with these guys. You suggest they keep some of these guys. Like, what do you suggest that they do with some of this talent moving forward? I think, you know, obviously nobody's going to give up Dylan at this point, but you do have a good chance of still getting Hubbard. Like you said, I, th I think this injury might be rest of season. At this point, Nagging. You know, I might as well sit him the rest of the season. The Ernest, I think, honestly, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a three-headed beast because we still have, whatchamacallit, just like he's a few weeks from coming back because his yeah, injury was back. so yeah he was so it was somewhat minor but I'm I'm all in on, on Cuba like I said in the beginning of the show like you know waiting in the season Cuba Hubbard it could have been a starting running back any other team he just you know inherently went to the Panthers because Matt Rule already you know knew him already already familiar with him and the tape of the 2019 season is honestly what brought his stock down but I think uh I'll go at the Cuba if I have to go at the all of them I'm going at the Hubbard I'm going to try to be real aggressive in that and then CMC is still nursing that hamstring as well so hubbard may be back in there full time before you know it or minimally splitting carries in a similar fashion as to what dylan and jones was doing before uh his injury i could very well see hubbard being a starter next week uh that game was kind of got away from uh the cardinals so they didn't play anybody you could see like you say he was stretching the sideline and trainers is with him i could see them maybe sitting McCaffrey again next week uh i think yeah. If the game was close, he wouldn't have returned anyway, in my opinion. I thought he just didn't return because the game was kind of out of reach. And he was like, well, yeah. we'll just go ahead and rest him. So it didn't look good. It's, it's not a it's definitely not a good sign for him to keep going to that hamstring, going back to it, going back to it after every pretty much every possession. Kind of reminds me of what we saw between uh, Joe Mixon and CMC last year, where, where you thought he was back and ready to rock and then gets back in. Not quite ready. I'm going to sit out another week. Oh, I'm back in practice. I'm ready to rock. Ugh. 
uh, not quite ready. So it's like you never right, really right. It, it's even more disappointing when that happens, because at least with with Derrick Henry out of sight, out of mind, I know there is no chance at all of me playing him hard pivot but when every week you're back at practice but then you get in the game and unlike Chris McCaffrey he he did show improve although he was still having issues but any lesser running back wouldn't be able to put up that sort of a performance with that type of a injury kind of hampering them so um, we had several other players that uh, were able to show improve on yesterday and are heading in the right trajectory we have Mr. Mac Jones who right now in my opinion by far is the best rookie quarterback it's not even a discussion against the vaunted cleveland defense a 142.1 qb rating 198 yards three touchdowns against again the vaunted cleveland defense i just i I didn't see this type of game coming from mac jones i didn't see this type of game coming from the patriots along with uh, mac jones ramondre stevenson he showed in the same fashion of your uh, dylan and jones type of situation he showed how good he really is and i was telling y'all since you know pre season that this guy by all accounts should be our RB1 but Bill Belichick you know once he gets a hair up his ass about somebody you know unless he actually needs you you're gonna be kind of on the side looking in until you get an opportunity to come and show and prove and that's exactly what he did um, he had 100 rushing yards two TDs four catches he's the best running back that we have Harris is good Harris is more than serviceable Barry you you sent me a text during the game about Brandon Bowling I kind of feel the same about Harris these guys just know their job and they do their job yeah real quick I think Bill Belichick he probably got like five of his favorite people of all time players and I'm putting Brandon Bowling in there I know it sounds crazy he's like the epitome of what Bill Belichick stands for him Matthew Slater yep yep those guys are invited to the barbecue absolutely leave it you know what I'm saying I was about to throw that name out absolutely those two guys (laughs) along with I mean, the guys that play for him. Two guys I know he loved that didn't play. Uh, one also, Lawrence, he, Lawrence Taylor's probably his favorite yeah, player Yeah, that's time. his favorite player of all time. Absolutely. Um, He'll he, tell he, you that right now. The most, yeah. the, the best player to ever play in the NFL was LT. He'll tell yeah. you that right to this he day. He loved Lawrence, and he's enamored with Ed Reed. You know what I mean? Yep. Those four guys, please. They Hey, they can take the keys to the car, whatever they need, man. Bill Guy, <laughs> I promise you. If, if if he dies, he probably leave both of some in the wheel. Yeah. Like that's how much like this guy. He just man, he does his job, and that's the reason he loves him so much. He can leave the car keys clearly out and not have to worry about them being taken. Right. Like, they're just going to do what they got to do. They're not going to try to, if it's five yards there to get, he's going to get the five. He ain't sure. going to try to go for seven and mess around right. and fumble or do nothing stupid. I mean, he's he, he's whatever he needs to be. When, when, when Bill needs him to be a first, second down back, he was that. When White right. went down and he now needs him to catch the ball, he's doing that. When he needs to be in special team, I mean, like, like you said, he's definitely one of those Swiss Army knives type guys. And, you know, Bill Belichick loves those guys. He's going to get um, it done, man. I promise you, like. I, I mean, it's it's funny to me, right? Because you see these guys in, in very little, they get very little time. But when they do play, they get, you thinking like, wow, why he won't give this guy more time? Because it's crazy. You look at Brandon Bolden, uh, carries and yardage and games mm-hmm. he do play, he looks good. You know what I mean, <laughs> but he doesn't, he's not a starter. He's always like the fourth running back on the team. Yep. But when it's time for him to play, man, he does his job. And that's really all you can ask. And we got a lot of guys like that on the team, on defense as well. 
your Hunter Henry stayed in the flames, got another touchdown this week. Like I was I actually um, Hunter Henry is becoming a weekly must start in the, you know, the despair of the tight end position. That's so unpredictable. He's one of the only guys that's more often than he doesn't. He's getting a touchdown and putting up yard. You also had uh, yesterday. It looks like another guy that we were talking about in the preseason is finally getting healthy and starting to come on. And that is Elijah Moore, the rookie receiver with the Jets. He was able to um, get a, a touchdown in. Uh, he had six targets, three receptions, 44 yards. But he this is his third reception, I believe, in, in the last three games. So he's definitely coming on. I, I believe that that's one of those guys that had he not had those preseason injuries, he would be in the same vein as we're seeing some of the other rookies now that are kind of showing and proving. That's the situation to monitor because he did cut a touchdown yesterday, but the mm -hmm. touchdown came from Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, yep. If Zach is ready, I don't know. But if Zach is not ready, I think, remember in, in prior shows we speaking, let's see what this guy Mike Wright really is about. Let's see him against a really good defense. Let's see if he Man. is what they say he is. And he went out there and he showed he was who we thought he was. So That carriage turned into a pumpkin quick as right. fuck. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, 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 the clock struck 12. You know what I'm saying? Right. Clock, it struck 12. So it's time Do to go pass, back. Go. Do not right. pass go. Do not collect $200. So I believe even if Zach is not ready, I definitely see Joe Flacco being the starter next week moving forward. Oh, yeah. For him to be like pat himself on the back, I was he was heavily humbled this week. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I'm going with uh Corey Davis and a lot uh Elijah Moore. Anytime Flacco's out there, he's still bombing it, even that's why I love Fitz Magic because you already know he bombing it to his receivers game in and game out. I honestly was glad that he was humble, but like you said, Elijah, man, he just he just is so explosive, and we have to kind of put him in that that echelon, man, or uh, the Calvins or uh, the Keenans and stuff like that. This kid is so beyond his years in route running. That's another guy. If he's a free agent or we can target in Dynasty, especially still in, in regular fantasy, to go after that guy, even Corey Davis, because now he's super consistent now for the last couple of games. A couple of guys that ended up kind of shitting the bed this week. Baker Mayfield, look, Cleveland, I understand that Baker was your quarterback when you made this turnaround for your team. That doesn't mean that he's the guy that you should pay to be the future of your franchise. I, I personally think that you'd be better off allowing the backup QB, Case Keenum, to get paid next to nothing and you beef up that offense even more. You're going to have to find a receiver to pay. Uh, Jarvis Landry is a, a a great receiver. I won't even say good receiver. He's a great receiver, but he can't do it by himself. You already have the running game. It, it's sad that you don't need much of a quarterback and Baker can't even do that. Um, he ended up with only like 75 yards against the Patriots. And this was just one of those eye-opening moments where it Everyone preseason thought that Cleveland was going to be the team to kind of take it to the next level. And, you know, the Patriots were kind of like the puns or the laughing stocks, if you will, of the offseason with some of the moves and things that were going on. Oh, what are you going to do with that? How's that going to work out? But don't look now. The Patriots have won five games in a row and are only one back from the Buffalo Bills, who they still have to play twice. So everything is in front of the Patriots right now. And with Cleveland, I understand you had some key pieces, Chubb and Hunt out, but the running game wasn't the problem. So I can't even blame the loss on those running backs not being there when, you know, your running back was able to actually 
able to go out and have a, a decent game. So Baker Mayfield, as far as I'm concerned, he's in the same vein as another quarterback, Matt Lukewarm Water Ryan. He's done. Like he mm. don't even deserve to be Matty Ice no more. Just call him lukewarm water. Stupid. You're really seeing now that Julio, he made this offense. Like they're not doing anything. They so damn bad that Calvin Ridley said, You're not about to sully my name. I'ma just have mental health problems for the rest of the year before you make me look bad out here. I mean, it, it's it's horrible. They may be in for a, a restructuring, a building from the ground up type scenario because trying to hold on to any of these pieces outside of pits, I don't see the point in it. Even you found something in Cordero Patterson, but hell, he's like 32 or something like that. I mean, by the time the rest of the team get where it's going, he'll be done playing. So Atlanta may need to but do make, you make think some it, phone calls. Do you think it's really Matt Ryan or is just like, number one, the coordinator, number two, the lack of talent. You know, if you look at Matt Ryan's career, he used to having uh, two receivers. I, I I don't think I can remember a time he didn't have two solid receivers on the team with him. Pretty decent. I agree. Uh, Pretty, pretty, going all the way back to Roddy White. Right. Pretty decent uh, tight end. Uh, decent little, you know, like he doesn't have the guys around him. Who he got? Zakikis or Tajay Shark? Well, let me ask Russell you Russell Gage is my man. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And, and everybody, you can't count on a rookie tight end to get you out of this hole. I, you know I agree I mean? with like, that too. He's playing with the, the least amount of talent he's had. In Atlanta, and also this offensive coordinator just does not fit his skill set the best to me. I don't see that changing before he's too old or too over the hill football wise to actually maximize when they fix it. I would love Which, to see him go to Washington. Yeah, just there you go. Essentially, the only thing Washington needs is to be healthy, and they they they'll be right back in the thick of it. They need to be healthy, and they need a quarterback. And that would be the type of team that I can see doing something with his last two or three years of his career. ATL, they, they need to literally rebuild. We see things before they happen. Green Bay, this may be another quarterback you go after because Jordan Lust didn't be in that the incubator for a little while longer. You need to sit him in there a little longer. And you can bring in a veteran that can maybe get you some game with you some games. But I could definitely see the Green Bay Packers, Matt Ryan being the replacement for Aaron Rodgers for a few years to maybe they can, if they do think Jordan Love could be the future, sit him in the oven for a little bit longer and then bring him up. I got one for you. How about how about your boy Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, that's possible. I'm not, I'm not he, sure how he, many years he's he about had. to be gone anyway. Joe, you, you know so. how many years he got left on that contract? None. You this talk about Jimmy year? G? Yeah. Yeah, this is last year of his contract. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, works. And to your point, too, and Matt Ryan, they can get out of his contract, too, at the end of the season. Mm. So it is possible he's going to be on the move. Yeah, it's going to be, might some be a few moves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Devontae Smith, he is – look, we <laughs> – we had a brief conversation last week about whether or not Jalen Hurts had a number one receiver or whether or not Philly had a number one receiver. Devontae Smith answered that question resoundingly. Did you did you happen to see the, the Bama versus Bama, Smith versus uh, Patrick Sertain when Smith Smith mossed him? He he straight up mossed him and it wasn't even it wasn't even close. Like and Sertain is a stud. He's gonna be, if not already is, uh, one of the premier corners cornerbacks in the league so Devontae Smith man the way he was able to climb that ladder his route running one of Joe's favorite words just he he's so nuanced and he's so far beyond his years as far as being able to get in and out of cuts this guy um, especially when he when he gets on his big boy weight you know what I'm saying when he when, when when that weight starts to add on a little bit he's going to be 
phenomenal. He's already phenomenal, but he he's going to be one of the best when when he actually hits that, you know, for most wide receivers, it's that year two, year three type of scenario before they really pop off. He's already showing that, that they made a heck of a decision regardless of what they choose to do with Hurts. Devontae Smith is a beast. Yeah, uh, I guess, you know, he's accustomed to this guy. This is a guy you've seen in practice every day. So I think they both probably know each other's weaknesses yesterday. You know, and one just took advantage of the other ones. You know what I mean? Um, it, was a, it was a good matchup, though. He made a great play on it. He got that butt down, which that butt equals two feet. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> it made the play. But um, it, it's just disheartening to see him do that. And then you got Jerry Judy, who's known as a, the best route runner. Don't seem to be doing of, much of nothing. Out of all of Georgia, out, I mean, out of all the Alabama guys, G- Judy and maybe Amari Cooper is a, a name you hear a, a lot too. As far as being the the most precise route runner out of the guys, mm-hmm. it's not. You know, he's just like I said. Some of these guys need to be in different scenarios. Sometimes you just get drafted to the right team in the right situation, you can flourish. And then a lot of times you go to the wrong place and your talent is just not taken advantage of. And that's another team, actually. Denver, they may be in the market for Garoppolo or Matt Ryan or whatever the case may be. I mean, that's another one of those oh, teams yeah. that they really got yeah. everything but the quarterback. I can definitely see that. Good call. I like Matt Ryan going there more so than the other scenario that we would discuss. I mean, like they, they literally have everything and, and they have a much better O-line and Matt mm-hmm. Ryan can't run at all. And that, so, that, and that fits John Elway. Like he will get yeah. that veteran guy. I could definitely see Matt Ryan being absolutely uh, going there, being the guy for sure. Quick question though, Joe, what you mm-hmm. think on this? What does the New Orleans Saints do? Because mm-hmm. this is a team that also could be looking for a quarterback. That's true. I mean, do you think they go after Jimmy G? Do they go after uh, Matt Ryan? Like, what do you do if you're Sean Payton? Oh, go ahead and throw Pittsburgh in there as well. Man, I think this year of quarterbacks coming out with Howell and a few other other guys that's going to be coming out this year, if they finally get a chance to want to draft a quarterback, this is the time to do it. Like, I like Matt Ryan. I, I don't like Garoppolo, obviously. Obviously, we know Winston isn't it. I think he he uh, the, the kid like Howell, actually, the NC guy, would be a perfect perfect fit in new orleans uh system it's it's unfortunate honestly that they have they a quarterback too late man i don't i get it breeze was the guy for longest but they should have reached already and tried to get a quarterback same thing with denver denver has been trying veteran quarterback for osweiler when they gave him seven all that facts. damn money <laughs> facts like at some point y'all gotta start getting this shit right man like this is stupid speaking of osweiler let's talk about another quarterback <laughs> Um, that is, I don't think I've ever heard that before. <laughs> Let's talk about another quarterback that's in the same damn vein. And apparently he got dirt on somebody because how the hell is Mason Rudolph still employed? I don't understand for the sake of my life. Pittsburgh kept this guy over. Now, let's remember, Cam Newton was available. Fitzmagic was available. You had several QBs that can at least hold serve, if not actually still having the talent to be a a straight up starting QB, knowing that Big Ben has his issues. I'm not, this is just COVID, but I'm just saying in general, prior to the season starting, we knew that if Big Ben for any reason had to miss any time, it's pretty much going to be a loss for Pittsburgh. And I'm sorry, tying Detroit, you, you can still put that down in my book as a loss. I don't know 
if Mason Rudolph has dirt on Mike Tomlin, the owners of the team, or what. But I don't get how this man is still gainfully employed in the NFL when he never shows up when called upon. He is straight up trash every time he's out there. And I just, I, I don't understand it. It's the last year of his contract. You know, Pittsburgh, they don't like to cut people in the middle of their deal or whatever. So maybe he'll be gone. Maybe they've brought Dwayne Haskins far enough along that he can still be a backup to whoever their starter is. Neither Mason nor Dwayne are good enough to be starters. So I hope they got a plan uh, ready for that. That's the one part of that well-run organization that just puzzles me. You know what, though? It just hit me. Uh, this would be the perfect landing spot for Matt Ryan. Even I, more it, so than that. Well, they do got to ask about the defensive it. back. Oh, you no, know why I'm a disagree? No. Their O-line is horrible. He can't run. No, but they, I think those things can be, you could fix an O-line in the offseason. I mean, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They got two rookie offensive linemen. Pro Football Focus got the center ranked number one. Is the number one center in the NFL. And then that right guard, I believe, they got him like a top five uh, rated guard in okay. the NFL right now. So I think you could fix the offensive line in the offseason. But just, just hear me on this one. I think Matt Ryan on the Steelers will be a real contender for the Super Bowl. You know, y'all, y'all disagree with that? Wow. Okay. I mean, because you have the run game. Yeah. The receivers are there. The defense is there. I mean, because a, a really a, a decent Ben Roethlisberger they are. So I think Matt Ryan have a little more in the tank left than Ben does. So why not? The only thing with Matt Ryan is if if you if you look at when they change offensive coordinators, which this year is one of those years, right? That year that that change is made, his numbers are normally down. The following year, it's normally a resurgence of, of the norm for him. And I don't know that if he went to Pittsburgh and showed up in Pittsburgh the way we see him this year in Atlanta, because again, it'll be a new offense and his pattern is that first year in a new offense, he's going to kind of suck. I don't know that he would have the leeway in Pittsburgh to suck for a year or two and turn it around before they just like, okay, well, yeah, let's go ahead and get our our rookie or our younger QB that we're going to make our next big bend, if you will. Yeah, but my thing is like, one thing about this NFL, man, to me, it's really simple. I think people look too far into things, right? Just like the Kansas City Chiefs. Now you see all these teams kind of figuring out how to slow them down. It was a simple thing. Too deep safety. It wasn't no complex center blitz here, do this. Simple. When you got Matt Ryan, you look at the MVP season. Who's the offensive coordinator? Get somebody under that umbrella and bring them as your offensive coordinator. I've always been a believer of if you believe in a certain quarterback, damn it, get an offensive coordinator that fits the skill set. Hell, even if you got to take his college coach and bring him in as your offensive coordinator and bring him in to get drafted, right? if you're going to draft a quarterback number one with your first pick, you hell, you might as well draft the, the coach that was coaching him in college and bring him with the same terminology and something he understands so he can get the same level of play. You you want to fit squares and circles. Yeah, it's I can it's see pretty that. simple. If you got Matt Ryan, you see he had an MVP season with this umbrella. Because a lot was of these offers, was it Steve Sarkeesian? I, I, no, no, it was uh Kyle Shanahan was the coordinator. Oh, oh well, boy, hell, he ain't options. <laughs> no, but he's not an option. But in NFL, it's umbrellas, right? True, absolutely. They all run the same thing. You know, what I mean, it's using the same terminology. You have one coach, they have two or three guys under his umbrella. Hell, get the quarterback coach. Whoever the quarterback coach was in Atlanta this season, he knows the shit. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, y'all, y'all look to, oh, let's bring in this guy. He's a mastermind. No, 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 no. Keep it simple. If this guy threw for damn 5,000 yards and had a, his best season ever, stay there. 
But why but bring why, in why another did... Brainiac who you think, oh, but if we get him, he'll throw for 6,500. No, dickhead. Keep the same scenario. Keep it simple. Same terminology. Same umbrella. And run with that. Because so like why you said, Atlanta do the same thing? Like, like that, That's that my point. Me. But what you said, right? When the, when the OC they got now, what you said, people's like, oh, man, this guy, he's going to take Kyle Pitts. He's going to, because they think he's such a smart genius. He's going to have Kyle Pitts doing this and do No, 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 no. No, every bright guy don't go with every bright guy. You know what I'm saying? Like some guys just fit. And if this guy was, he, we've never seen Matt Ryan look as comfortable as he did that MVP season. It wasn't like he had world beater talent that he has never had before. Come on. Kyle Shanahan, he done a great job. He's going to go get a head coaching gig. Cool. Go get the quarterback coach. Make him the OC. And we run this thing back. We do it all over again. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's what's missing in the NFL. You got too many guys thinking too hard, overthinking things when it really should be simple. So if you're going to take in a, a guy like a Matt Ryan in Pittsburgh, get that guy maybe out of there and bring in the OC that he's comfortable with. Don't try to make the quarterback fit the OC. Facts. Make the OC fit the quarterback. That'd be Facts. That, that's Absolutely. the problem I'm having <laughs> when it comes to the NFL. They think they could just take this world beater OC and he's he can call the best plays and you could just throw him in the fire and it's gonna look good. No, it don't work like that. It's ridiculous. Well, if we used to go get his MVP quarterback coach, that was Matt LaFleur. And then he went on to the Rams the next year with McVay. I think to your point that people should keep it simple. Honestly, what I actually like Arthur Smith. I think what he did with Tennessee last year was great. And then he gets to the Falcons as the head coach and his offense and his philosophy stinks. But as far as organization, I think the Falcons and Pittsburgh are the same type of organizations where I don't think they do great in developing players. I don't do think they do favorably well with personnel. And to your point with Kansas City, not only did Kansas City get those two kids in the draft, they also acquired Tooney. They got the kid Brown yep. from the Ravens. Yep. And so and they already had a good uh, tackle on the other side. So they already kind of validified everything solidified their offense i don't know if pittsburgh will go and ever get that right because they don't like paying nobody they don't even want to give they gave matt they White do try to go money. cheap with the o-line they, yeah. they try to do that this year but they'll pay the defense they, they'll pay those defenders oh yeah they'll pay <laughs> <Right>. them <laughs> yeah, they'll you see pay you them. see Watt got paid and and they were they were trying to play hardball with Watt like they wasn't gonna pay him everybody that know anything about pittsburgh know if you halfway worth your salt they're gonna figure out a way to pay the defense and but let me tell you the person that that needs a raise that people don't really think about it whoever gets in the gm's ear and tells him what wide receivers to draft because they draft wide receivers that people ain't never heard of and they end up being household names and and, and this is like almost a every year thing that they're drafting a wide receiver that people knew nothing about that sits back learns the game and then ends up being a world beater for them and then the next guy up with juju being down and claypool being out was ray ray mcleod he had 12 targets nine receptions we figured that Johnson, Deontay Johnson would end up getting, you know, in which he ended up getting quite a, a target share as well. But we figured that it would be Johnson just completely dominating. And here you got Ray Ray with 12 targets. So now granted, if he had a decent quarterback throwing on the ball, his yards would be a bit higher than what they were. He only had like just north of 60 yards. But still, we know who the uh, incumbent is as far as wide receiver is concerned. If Claypool continues to be hampered, uh, same thing with 
with the Titans with the Julio Jones injury. Uh, Marcus Johnson stepped up. He ended up with a 100-yard receiving game off of six targets, catching five out of those six. So we kind of know who the teams are pivoting to as far as those wide receiver spots are concerned. But this is that time of year where you, you got to pay so much attention to your waivers, your injuries. Barry does something almost every Sunday that is funny until it hits. And what happens is he will have an open roster spot. And this is a two QB league as well. Before I put this out here, whoever the backup is, and it could be, you know, the Monday game, the Thursday game. Hey, 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 don't tell my secrets. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Let it be known. <laughs> so what he'll do is he'll go ahead and grab the backup because nobody is thinking about that backup quarterback at that point in the game. And then if that starter happens to get hurt, which we've seen that happen several times this year so far, he immediately is going to the owner of, let's say, Baker Mayfield when Baker got hurt. Already got Case Keenum. When when they said Big Ben may be hurt, already had uh, his back. I mean, it, it was just uh, Mike White. Like it, it's if it's a backup, he's probably had him at some point in time during some some week, especially if it was a Thursday or Monday night game, just because everybody's watching. And if that particular person goes down, yeah. you're probably, unless you have the first waiver priority, which we normally never have because of the amount of moves that we make, right. you're not going to have an opportunity to get that guy. So That's it makes exciting. all the sense in the world um, <laughs> to do that. And I never really, I mean, I saw it happening and especially <laughs> in a two QB league where you can't find any QBs on the waiver anyway, other than backups. I mean, that's an ingenious idea. And it, what does it cost you? Nothing. Right. It literally um, costs you nothing. And you know, I do a lot of these moves under people's noses and they be trying to, but see, the one thing about me, Joe, I'm, I'm the guy that everybody watches. So I can go pick up uh Bill Wilson. And if I go pick this guy, whoever he is, People are going to start Googling. What's going on? Why? He <laughs> could be a guy that probably never played it down. You know what I'm saying? But if I was to pick him, people are going to pay attention. Like, hey, what's going on? What is he doing? So, like Zay says, when you got these high-powered offenses with these quarterbacks like a, a Pat Mahomes and a Matthew Stafford, let's say, for instance, it's a Monday night game. You get the Rams versus the Chiefs. And these are premier quarterbacks in this league. I may have two open roster spots. I'll go sign Chad Henney, and I'll go sign whoever the backup is for the Rams, and I'll just watch the game. If no one get hurt, I'll release them. But if one does go down, let's say Free Stafford money. goes down with an ACL <laughs> injury, let's say uh, Mahomes go down with an ACL injury, I now have gold on my hand because yep. you just lost a premier, probably one of the better players on your team. You just lost him, and now I have him. He didn't hit the waiver. He's on my team, and now we could talk turkey. I yep. can keep him. I could trade them. It's free if, money. If it's a really good, <laughs> if it's a really good backup who I know who's in a high powered offense, then hey, I just came into some gold. But at the same time, I can move them and maybe get a bigger piece that I'm lacking on my team. So it is a strategy that I do a lot, especially on those isolated games like a Sunday night, Monday night, and Thursday night. Those are the. It's hard to do it during Sunday, but a Sunday night game. A Monday night game and a Thursday night game, this is a, a tactic I have used in the past, and it has worked for me. Well, Zay, that's crazy that you uh, you even brought that up. I've been doing this for years, and nobody never says anything <laughs> about it. You know what I'm saying? But after the game, if no one get hurt, I'll release them. And sometimes I'll do it for a running back. So let's yeah. say, for instance, yeah. it's a key handcuff that's out there. He's on the free agency list. And let's say Derrick Henry, for instance. You got this kind of running back that you know he has a high chance of being hurt. And the, let's say, for instance, the backup was a – a Marlon Mack or somebody, somebody that you know that's, you know, if he ever get an opportunity, he's going to be good. Hell, A.J. Dillon. 
out. Right. But AJ <laughs> Dillon's a guy that's already on the goal. He's a guy, the roster. yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? True, 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 true. But for a guy like Marlon Mack, I may grab him anyway if Jonathan Taylor's playing on Thursday night because I already know if Jonathan Taylor goes down, Naheem Hines is not going to be the workhorse. Facts. He's going to stay in his role and Marlon Mack is going to take the role of Jonathan Taylor. So on a Thursday night game, I'll grab Marlon Mack and if Jonathan Taylor make it through the night, I'll release him. If he don't make it through the night, I now have maybe an RB1 for free. So this is a tech that I use. on to your backup right. that wasn't going to do anything for you unless somebody else got hurt. So what right. do you, you, you really, you're putting yourself in a position that you have everything to win and nothing to lose, essentially. So that's, that's a little tech that I use, guys. Y'all can maybe use it in your leagues out there. And it works. I mean, I've been doing it for years. That's why I, I used to be in a, a league where there was no waiver. It was, you know, first come, first serve. I made people change that to a waiver because I'm so on it that much. People got tired of it. And you're like, nah, let's put a waiver in place to try to slow me down, <laughs> so for sure. Yeah. So those are some of the things that we are looking at uh, heading into week 11. We got to make sure that we stay sharp. These are the weeks. These next three or four weeks will be the weeks that determine who's who and what's what. So make sure that you are paying attention to the show. If you're trying to find us, Fantasy Football Fiend at IG. On Twitter, fantasy underscore fiend. And on Facebook, the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. Make sure you guys uh, follow us on whatever podcast app that you're using. Please make sure you go ahead and take two seconds real quick to smash that follow button. That definitely helps us out. Thank you all for downloading the episodes and giving us your feedback. Several of you have given us feedback that we've immediately implemented into the show. When you got a good idea, you got a good idea. So please keep that coming. Again, that's Fantasy Football Fiend at IG, Twitter, Fantasy underscore Fiend, and for Facebook, the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And we out.